0: Consumer experiences, major disruptors, and AI tech are shaping healthcare for years to come. On Hello Healthcare, we dive deep on those issues with leaders who are driving change. I'm Chris Hempill, your host of Hello Healthcare, and we hope that these stories will help you to create or demand a better future in healthcare.
1: Our first two seasons of Hello Healthcare are available on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Check out our conversations with some of healthcare's most well-respected leaders in marketing, business strategy, data science, and much more. If you like what you hear, please share with your friends and leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in.
0: Hello, healthcare. One thing that we want to address consistently is what should we be thinking about AI and healthcare? And every time we make a release, there's a lot of things that change over the years and a lot of different things that happen. So we love to revisit this subject from time to time. A lot of the content, a lot of the material that comes out regarding AI might be more focused on what should engineers be thinking about or what should AI practitioners be thinking about. But what we want to really drill into is how healthcare leaders can make the appropriate decisions. To make decisions in AI and to make sure that we're doing right by our patients That doesn't necessarily require us to go and learn programming languages like R and SQL and things like that. What we really need to understand are what's going on, how to evaluate what vendors are doing, and how to ultimately make these decisions the right way. And honestly, I couldn't think of anybody better than Brian Gresh to bring in on on this subject. What we're not going to be focusing on is getting all the way down into the super deep technical details. But Brian brings a a rich background in healthcare and healthcare strategy and works for uh, Loyal which is a, a company that's focused on enabling conversational AI and other things that help improve patient experiences and drive patient retention. So what Brian's going to help us with today is that line between healthcare strategy, artificial intelligence, and ultimately the types of things that healthcare leaders should be focusing on to make sure that we're, we're able to do right by our patients. So Brian, 17 years leadership in University of Utah, two and a half years at Cleveland Clinic and now president of Loyal Health. Could you just talk about the background and why you've taken the path that you've uh, gone?
1: Yeah, I'll try to because it's a, it's a long background. But I got into healthcare marketing kind of by accident. I moved to Utah to really enjoy and pursue kind of the outdoors. But, you know, obviously you have to pay the bills. So I kind of fell into a career at University of Utah and was part of a marketing team that was very small. It was three of us at the time. But I joined right as all of the internet and online front door kind of capabilities of the health system were being built. So there was a committee put together for health sciences, and it was really trying to understand and establish like what would the online presence for the university be? I was lucky enough to be part of that. And Got to develop a digital team inside the organization, which was really kind of exciting because there was no kind of playbook for that. So that led into a lot of other things from a digital perspective. I use that word pretty, pretty loosely, but always thinking of it. I've always had a, a real interest and a passion for thinking about consumer engagement and thinking about how can we take things from other industries and apply them to healthcare. So that you know you can just make the not just the experience better, but the outcomes better. I think that's really important. So that led to an opportunity to join Cleveland Clinic, which was which was equally exciting. I got to take a lot of the things I was doing at University of Utah and, and build upon those those kind of initiatives. And, and that led me to loyal. So I really always enjoyed being part of teams that build things. I was definitely an internal build kind of guy at, at University of Utah and Cleveland Clinic, and this was just an opportunity again to to try something new and build some things that hopefully can have an impact on on the healthcare space.
0: Great, honestly, I can't, yeah. I can't wait to get into what those things that you're building are yeah. and then maybe even broaden it to, there's all kinds of buckets and baskets where uh, different AI solutions fit. Yeah. So it'll be good to like talk broadly about those too. Yeah. But maybe to just to jump into the broad side of the pool is transitioning to this role into loyal. Yeah. I'm sure that there's things that may have surprised you or, or things that, that are like really interesting from an AI perspective. Why should healthcare leaders and healthcare marketers have an interest in AI right now? I think they should have an interest because I think of AI as table stakes, right? So
1: AI is just a tool in in the stack, right? And so if you're looking for a new vendor, if you're looking for a solution, AI is probably going to be part of it in today's kind of technology world. So AI is a big, broad term. So are we talking about NLP? Are we talking about machine learning? Are we talking? you know what? parts of AI are we talking about? So I think just having a general understanding of some of those different ways that AI can be applied, but I think maybe not thinking of it as a shiny object, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone says AI now because they should, because AI is part of just, again, the technology landscape. So not getting maybe distracted by the term AI, Mm -hmm. but thinking about what is the problem I'm trying to solve? Is this technology going to help solve it? And then is AI part of the broader kind of, you know, guts of that, of that technology? That's how I think about it.
0: And I, I just, I think sometimes it's too much of a distraction. Yeah. It really can be if it's phrased as uh, this general broad concept, a, a lot of the conversation around it, I personally think does a lot of disservice to like what the real capabilities are. One word that I cued in on when you were describing it was like thinking about the ways that it's applied. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the applications of AI that, that we should be thinking about on this side of the house? Yeah, I mean, so the space that, you know, some of the things that we're doing at Loyal, you know, NLP is definitely part of
1: that. So obviously marketers are very focused on search. They're focused on engagement with customers. NLP is a huge part of that space, right? So understanding what are people searching for? What are they saying? What is the intent of their visit? NLP can break down their utterances, break down what they're saying, and then help you kind of guide that person to the next thing that they need to do. I think that's how it's being applied or the most common maybe example of AI in terms of the marketing space. That's how I think of it. And then, you know, as you get into things like predictive analytics and and that's where you start to get into the machine learning aspect and and it kind of changes the game a little bit. But I really think those are kind of the, the most
0: common applications that we're seeing in the marketing space, for sure. Just to help with folks who might not be familiar with those terms, NLP referring to natural yeah, natural Good. language processing, right? Yeah, yeah. So, extremely fascinating. What are some of the uh, the opportunities to use NLP? I think it's being able to engage with
1: patients or or healthcare consumers, maybe before their patients, mm-hmm. just in a deeper in a deeper way. You know, I think up until recently, a lot of the ways that we would engage a healthcare consumer might be through like you know an outgoing campaign or something. We're driving them to a landing page and they fill out a form, so we get their name email and phone number, right? But with NLP, you can start to have conversations with that user. They're actually telling you what they think, what they're looking for, what they need. You can break down those utterances and then you can start to to either take that and learn and build new programs off of it. You can start to direct them to, to resources or transactions. You know Those are ways that you can naturally guide somebody to an appointment and scheduling. So I think there's a lot of ways that it's being applied. I mean, it's not new, right? I mean, Google's been using NLP forever. We've seen NLP being used in the provider space with translating notes and things like that. So the technology has been around a long time, but I think that it really hasn't been applied from a consumer standpoint in the in the healthcare space. So I think it's exciting to be able to understand your customers at a deeper level.
0: Yeah, it's, it's also exciting. Like there's, a, there's a whole bunch of things that people are saying. There's a whole bunch of pretext data out there that gets ignored because it's so complex too. Yeah, yeah but yeah. with natural language processing enabling that deeper understanding, it makes really excited to hear about some of the things that you're talking about. And... I get excited too
1: about, I mean, the EMR is just this huge treasure trove of data, right? But so much of it is unstructured and NLP can help with that, right? I mean, you can start to go in and look at patient notes, patient records in a different way. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, that's another way that we're going to learn more about our patients, our customers, and then you know, create new solutions and new opportunities off of that.
0: So switching from this environment where it's focused on healthcare marketing within established structures to now going out to, like you mentioned earlier, there's no playbook for the kinds of things that you're embarking on. What's been surprising to you? What have been some uh, insights that you picked up on that, that really kind of shook what you were thinking? So there's a few things. One, just they want to engage, right?
1: Customers want to engage with health systems. If you provide the technologies for them to do it, they're they're gonna take advantage of it. There is such an access problem in healthcare, whether it's trying to schedule an appointment or whether it's connecting with your provider, it's a huge problem. So if you can create ways for people to access care, access providers, and even automate some of that process, it's, it's a huge opportunity. But I just, I'm always amazed at like what somebody, for instance, will type into a chat bot. They they will ask very very sincere very deep questions not you know super high level stuff that you would just assume but like they'll they'll ask pretty complex things that's exciting I think some of it's also not surprising I mean that customers want to engage mm-hmm. with with the health system right mm-hmm. it's a special relationship so we need to give them more opportunities that's where I think some of these technologies can really help. Hello, healthcare is brought to you by Actium Health healthcare leaders use Actium's CRM intelligence to drive patient volume by activating patients and driving meaningful engagement. Our AI-driven solution makes patient outreach simple and easy by identifying and predicting patient needs. Learn more at actiumhealth.com. And now, back to the show.
0: One thing that's interesting is that I think a lot of people might not be aware of how much people want to engage and how much their customers want to engage. In a lot of situations, especially like if we consider a couple of years ago at the onset of COVID, there were a lot of health systems that were afraid to to proactively send out communications about COVID. And at the very beginning, with all the fear around it at the time, there was a, a lot of health systems doing the wait and see approach. So ever since the pandemic, we started seeing a lot of spikes in email response rates and visitation rates and things like that, just based on people wanting to know and, and be informed by their health systems. It's interesting in the early
1: kind of days of COVID, you know. so we have a chatbot product that many of our customers use and we started seeing questions about COVID. And, <laughs> and I mean, COVID wasn't part of our intent library, right? COVID wasn't a term that we had seen out there. So it was this great opportunity it's like what is this like do we need to start like you know training our model to understand what covid is so those are the kind of things, sometimes your customers tell you things before you know them. And again, I think that's where conversational engagement is
0: is so important and, and gives you an opportunity to create a lot of new new experiences. Do you all do any uh, case studies about insights that you're getting from these conversations that happen on your platform? Yeah, absolutely. So we certainly look at conversation data.
1: And anytime we see a trend in a certain direction, we dig a little deeper. and we approach AI or NLP. We do supervised learning. So, you know, it's healthcare. You can't just let a a bot run free in Mm -hmm. healthcare. So we have analysts that are looking at data and identifying trends. And so when we see that, we share that with our customers to let them know, hey, people are asking these questions around this topic. That's not something that we see in your website content, or that's not something that we've seen before. How would you like to address
0: this? Like, where should we direct this person or how should we answer these questions? And so that happens quite frequently. When we talk about data, what what we're really talking about are incidents when people are trying to better their care or get answers on questions about their healthcare, better their life status. So you're able to look at these insights and then make suggestions from that. That's really exciting to me. But one thing that I wanted to get from you to hear about was how should healthcare leaders be making sense of this, this environment, this this new MarTech environment? That's a good question. and
1: I don't have the perfect answer for that. I think that, you know, first off, I think question everything, right? Again, I view AI as kind of table stakes. So, but how it's being applied differs, you know, vendor to vendor. So there's a big difference in, you know, deep learning, deep machine learning kind of stuff and and just kind of scratching the surface. You know, like, I mean, chatbot's a great example too. You can build a chatbot that's very decision tree,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, driven. It works, it's not really AI, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, you take it a step further and you're actually applying NLP. And it's the same way when you get into like analytics, right, there's, you can build a propensity model that's pretty basic, right? But then as you start to really get into it and start to apply machine learning, and it's also about data, right? Mm-hmm. We haven't talked a lot about data yet. We jumped right into the AI piece. But when I think about what healthcare marketers should be doing, the first thing you need to do is clean up your data, mm-hmm. right? You've got to have a data foundation before you apply any of these things to it because it's garbage in, garbage out, right? So whether it's a chat bot, whether it's you know predictive analytics, you have to have some structure around that data you have to have some management of that data before you can just start letting this stuff run wild i mean i th-
0: that's probably your experience too i mean it's just you know it's got to be a foundation right? yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah ai is so fun and sexy to talk about and cleaning up data is not but that's the foundation everything that we're doing from an ai perspective all the predictive analytics that we enable imagine if we were doing that from a bunch of disparate systems and not doing any kind of cleanup or normal yeah, yeah. then
1: yeah i mean it's you nailed it.
0: Data is not sexy. Right? Like <laughs> nobody nobody
1: wants to talk about like hey, you should focus on data management, mm-hmm. you know. That's that doesn't get people excited. As soon as you start talking about AI, you know, it makes a much better presentation. So, but it's really important and, you know, once you have that foundation of data and you're managing it well, then it's kind of sky's the limit, right? You can start applying these things on top of it and it's just going to keep getting better, mm-hmm. right? I mean, things just in the last 5 years have changed so much and accelerated so much it's it's really cool to watch right and the more data you feed into your models and stuff you know the better they get so i'm excited i mean where this is all going i think in another another 5 years we're going to see a completely different landscape so it's 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 good stuff
0: i agree on that and i know i'm going to dig a little bit too deep on this data question but I think that maybe it's an opportunity to, to discuss data in a way that doesn't sound completely scary to people. If we look at our, our health system data, for example, a health system could have multiple EMRs and each of those EMRs could have 50,000 different tables representing all these these elements and everything like that. Yeah. So is there a path that we can talk about for, for healthcare leaders to follow so that it's less intimidating for like, I have to be the sole person responsible for this gigantic cleanup? Yeah. One, I don't think you can be the sole person, right? So I think you know, even taking another step back before
1: the data, like you've gotta you've gotta build relationships within a healthcare organization, right? Because there are multiple owners of data. So if you are not working with the CIO or the transformation officer or the access folks, or like you have to all be working kind of together and create a good governance structure around data, right? Who owns it? Where does it come from? how are all those pieces kind of fitting together? I think that's a really important piece too. And it's hard work. I mean, a lot of people don't either want to do it or they don't have the resources to do it. But it's so important because when I was still on the health system side, I see it now being on the the vendor side. There's a lot of solutions out there that can be really helpful. But if you're applying them kind of just without thinking about that other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Oftentimes they're not going to be successful, right? And so
0: you want to make sure that you're laying that groundwork to before you apply some of these things on top of it. With so much data available, I mean, we can call it a treasure trove, but it's a matter of finding that treasure trove. And ultimately, that depends on a use case. So there's one aspect of being able to go in and look at all this data. We can admire, admire the data and run all kinds of calculations on it forever. Right. But if we're starting from the actual use case or starting from enabling different uh, portions of our health system strategy, then that gives us a much better idea on what data we need to bring together yep. to uh, solve this for, for this particular issue. Yeah, so Chris, I mean, what you were saying about, you know, choosing the use case, I think is spot on.
1: I think oftentimes, you know, we try to boil the ocean especially you know, with any, any new kind of technology or solution. And you know, I think starting with a, with a use case is important, but you know, not trying to do it all at once, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, especially in large health systems, proving the case, building upon the case, not only are you learning and, and understanding how to apply the technology, but you're also building support within the organization, right? When you try to do too much, and it fails, then nobody wants to use it anymore, right? So it's probably the best point that uh, as part of this conversation is, you know, don't try to bite off more than you can chew. You know, really start with a use case and build from there is, is a great way to take it.
0: I had one more question, which was around one thing that, that that's coming up a lot more in these conversations. As we have more and more AI use cases, We also see challenges such as various AI elements discriminating based on race and gender and uh, other factors. I'm curious if there are approaches or things that y'all are looking at just in terms of addressing the data ethics issue as well. I think
1: transparency is probably the, the biggest one, allowing things to be open, allowing people to be able to see the algorithms, the underlying kind of technology. I think it's really important. It's a new space. And you've got to treat it really, really carefully. I mean, I say new, not new, like in terms of years, but new in terms of how it's being applied in healthcare. And so I think it's just, it's transparency. It's being open about how you're using the technology, who's programming the technology, and then constantly reviewing it, right? So making sure that you have some governance structure, making sure that you have voices at the table that can can represent... All of the different use cases and the different audiences. So that's probably my best answer to that is just transparency, transparency, transparency. Because there's a lot of things that, a lot of technology out there where you don't get to peek behind the hood. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's really important
0: absolutely right? and it's really no place for purveyors of healthcare algorithms things that are making decisions yeah. about patient lives which again we, we talked about how data isn't just uh, something that's on a spreadsheet it's it's how people are, are engaging and bettering their lives yeah and if somebody wants to keep that a, a secret or keep that behind a black box it's not the way to do it right and, and i mean at the end of the day we're in
1: healthcare yeah right? this is serious stuff like you know Facebook doesn't have to worry about, you know, the same things that people in in healthcare have to worry about. So, you know, I think you have to take baby steps sometimes. You know, often people get frustrated in healthcare because things aren't moving fast enough, but sometimes that's a good thing. And, you know, stepping back and looking at the problem in different ways I think is really important. So, it's not a race. It's trying to do it in the best way, most ethical way possible, and then ultimately it's all about the outcome, right? It's about how is the patient doing after their experience? That's where it should all lead. If you have that as the ultimate goal, I think I think you can build the steps along the way. Any final thoughts that you would share with the audience? Yeah, again, don't get caught up in the shiny objects. You know, just the technology, it, we're, we're at a point where the technology is proven. There's good stuff out there, but you can't just throw it at the wall. Like you've got to think about how you're gonna apply this stuff. So, you know, move slowly, just be thoughtful about the way that you're going to apply it, and don't
0: just don't just run in without a without a plan. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Brian, I hope you enjoyed the conversation yeah. a fourth as much as I enjoyed it. This is great. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me, and um, I'm looking forward to the rest of the conversations after this and listening to this. Awesome. Brian, for that want to engage more and and learn more about what you're doing and get more of your insights, where could, where's the best place for them to find you? Certainly LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Um I'm
1: on Twitter. So it's B-M-G-R-E-S-H at, at Twitter, or, or at BMGresh is my Twitter handle. I always forget between LinkedIn and Twitter. And then email. I'm always available. Brian at LoyalHealth.com. So feel free to reach out. I love talking, love talking about this stuff.
0: Well, thank you for being so transparent. Thank you for sharing. So for uh, folks that want to learn more about making decisions about AI and healthcare, we actually set up a little path. It's called Healthcare AI University. Again, thank you very much for tuning into Hello Healthcare. And until we see you next time, hello. Thanks again for tuning into Hello Healthcare. If you like what you heard, we appreciate a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You and your feedback fuel us. This conversation is brought to you by Actium Health. To get the latest on what these healthcare leaders are saying, find us at hellohealthcare.com and subscribe. Thank you. And when we see you next time, hello.